0: Welcome back everyone to the Formulas on One Jackass podcast It's your host with the most, Ryan And as always, joining me, the number one jackass that is
1: Christopher here, welcome back guys
0: And uh, we just came from Portugal Uh, I I must stop saying that, that we came back from Portugal It's Formula One, Mm -hmm. Um, we're not there yet Uh, We're we're still on lockdown actually So I can't even remember the last time I saw the inside of a plane but hopefully things shall improve that we can actually go and, and, and visit some races in the in the future. Fans are, are missed. Uh, they're part of the excitement as well. Uh, personally, whenever there's a there's an overtake, especially for the lead, the roar of the fans right after that. Um, yeah. that's missing at the moment and the
1: podium but. ceremony as well you know with all the fans storming the track and yeah it, it lacks that I don't miss the random shots of the audience that the TV producers would sometimes do in the middle of a battle but uh, yeah otherwise uh, it, it does feel empty
0: yeah but we we are racing so luckily we still have that it it keeps my Sunday afternoon entertained mm-hmm, um, for sure we again I go with the Wii, but Formula 1 has just uh, finished its race in in Portugal on the Algarve and it's a it's a quick one it's a back to back the first back to back of the season with uh, Barcelona so the Spanish Grand Prix being next weekend so again listeners welcome that was a, a quite a long winded uh, intro and, mm-hmm. and welcome uh, as always this is the Formula 1 jackass podcast adding a little flavor to the world of Formula 1 there you go so christopher uh portugal yeah um initial initial thoughts on on the race we we foreshadowed the 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 track and the race in our previous Mm -hmm. episode now that's done um what do you think
1: uh it was a very okay race i think uh it was a bit coming after imola we expected a bit more perhaps but like we discussed uh, uh beforehand like the tires that were brought to this race um were too hard, I think. And that way they, they couldn't really push. The tires were just lasting too long. There was not much in the pit stop strategy going on. But with that said, we had some good battles, uh, some good overtakes, and seeing the cars going through the long sweeping corners, uh, overtaking on the outside, uh, Norris especially, uh, was wild. So yeah, I think Verstappen said it's not a track he wants to come back to, but I think he has his reasons. But I think if um, Pirelli managed to sort out some, some good tires, Um, and this race stayed, we could see some uh, really epic um, battles on this track in the future.
0: Yeah, I think you mentioned it it was an okay race. Um, It wasn't boring, so that was good. We Mm -hmm. had a little bit of everything that you sort of want to see, so we did have fights for the lead and and Mm -hmm. fights throughout the midfield. Uh, Unfortunately, it was quite limited. Um, The drivers complaining about the low grip, which of course we had last year as well when they recently resurfaced it. But that's provided some entertainment value because no one has ever driven a Formula One car around Portimao in a mm-hmm. race conditions, apart from a testing sessions would happen, which happened way back, I think yeah, it was 10 2012 years or something like yeah. that. So way back. So in a race conditions, no one's ever been there, which added to the excitement last year because it was mm-hmm. a huge unknown. This year we went back and even the MotoGP uh, guys uh, raced there uh, a couple of weeks ago complaining about the track service not having a lot of grip either. And as you mentioned, Pirelli just bringing the hardest t- uh, hardest tires available, which um, yeah, weren't were not ideal racing conditions.
1: No, but yeah, I understand uh, why they did that. Like It is still an unknown track and it has a lot of high G corners. Um, so I, I, I get that they wanted to play it safe. Um, but if the track is going, let's say we go back there uh, another year, um they may they maybe should look at it i understand that they need to do it for for two races just to to be safe we don't want another silverstone 2011 was it uh, cuz that was just yeah too chaotic
0: or silverstone last year i mean Silverstone is one of those that's true. tracks yeah. that's very high on tire but i mean I, i'd much prefer seeing a race like this than seeing a race in abu dhabi where it's just the train following Absolutely. each other Absolutely. On, uh yeah on a flat track with a long straight and then into a hairpin and then a long straight sort of copy paste of what we see around different uh racetracks around the world simply because they have one common denominator yeah so, i mean
1: it it's so satisfying to watch the onboards from algarve no like just seeing them blasting through the corners um at some point you could really sense when the car was like understeering um through the tight corners and uh, that was quite interesting to see because it was quite dramatic uh don't think I've seen that in a while. Um, so you really get the sense of the the, the physics, uh, if you will, of the cars going through this track.
0: Yeah, uh, unlike Max Verstappen, I hope we do return, especially with the twenty twenty two cars. Yeah. Uh, seeing how you know a different aero philosophy car goes around the track. Yeah. Uh, the track itself is is yeah we mentioned roller coaster, but it really is like that. Mm-hmm. So it's it, it's I think for me it's worth a revisit. The race Absolutely. was okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, it wasn't fantastic but it wasn't bad either i've seen a lot of boring races in formula one in in my life so yeah same it was okay so to sort of surmise the, um, the race we had the championship battle continuing at the mm-hmm. front lewis hamilton getting ahead this time um max Verstappen following him home so hopefully it'll be these two slugging it out until the end of the season, of yeah. up until the very last race.
1: But yeah, Mercedes looked strong though. I mean, they, the car was still not where it was last year perhaps, but they, they had so much more confidence going into this race. Uh, it's a bit scary how quickly Mercedes can just come come on top of their problems because in testing, like they looked all over the place. Maybe it was just a setup issue and they've gotten, you know, um, they've gotten to know the car a bit better now and can set it up easier. But, um, yeah, no, but they you, you look quite you
0: strong. At, if you looked at Q2 in qualifying, that was Mercedes of old, you know, on mm-hmm. those medium tires. Yeah. Suddenly, having that gap again. Yeah, where did that come from? Like, we didn't see that
1: in the whole whole weekend. Just Q two, we just saw that. This is now
0: the third race. They've had a couple of weeks to Mm -hmm. to analyze things, to make the the necessary changes at the factory. I mean, they are a championship winning team. Oh yeah, not once over, but year after year after year. So. Um, The amazing thing about Mercedes and all its people, you know, you go from Toto Wolff, the team principal, to the now CTO, James Allison. These are people that are not complacent. They Mm -mm. are always looking. And even though they have won every championship since 2014, they are not, uh, you know... um, Ferrari? They are... I mean, they... Ferrari also had that period of dominance, um, but then they became a bit too overconfident. And They did, the key like 2005, figures, for instance. Yeah, the you key know. figures ended up departing, mm-hmm. which made them successful, whereas mm-hmm. this team has been stable in its personnel for years and years on, uh, on end. And it doesn't matter if one person leaves, there's someone waiting on the wings exactly. that's as good or perhaps even better. In terms of personnel change, the the, the mentality is still there. You know, The, the capabilities will never change. So, you can always consider and expect a Mercedes to be at the forefront, at the sharp end.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and even the Red Bulls during this race, they looked a bit twitchy. Like, they looked like they were driving a bit above the limit at times. And the Mercedes didn't really have that issue. So, I think it could be a strong season for Mercedes after all. But let's hope that Red Bull can, you know, keep up with the pace and development Uh uh, we were talking about the Honda engine as well um, last weekend, right? Or last week, sorry. Uh, Appropriate engines. Uh, the Renault engine is something I actually wanted to talk about. I forgot to mention it, but that looked like a rocket on the straights. I don't know if you saw some of the onboards, but um, it was—it's really slow in the acceleration, and then it just picks up, and then it starts. It sounds different, even the engine. Uh, yeah, and I think that really helped um, Alpine to uh, to get up to to the positions they they ended up at.
0: Yeah, let's touch on that uh, a bit later. Yeah. But going back to the championship battle, Mercedes against uh, Red Bull Racing, I think uh, this will be a season where you know, depending on the track and depending on the conditions, uh, it will largely play a part as to which car will be better on the day. Mm-hmm. So we have to, uh, which is great to see. It's it's really conditional and all the variables will play its parts to see which car is quicker on that particular day. So in Portugal we saw the Mercedes being ahead of uh on performance ahead of Red Bull. Uh, in Imola it was it was very much uh a 50-50 fight, you know. Yeah. Um with mistakes happening and such. Uh Bahrain it was the Red Bull who was uh it was, yeah. in front of Performance. So this sort of ebb and flow uh, movement of the cars i think will add excitement to the championship battle as well For so sure. that can also show that uh, like like lewis hamilton in in bahrain when the driver wins the grand prix even though he had the second best car then they deserve to win that race you know and that's mm-hmm. what what true champions are made of, of of being able to to squeeze every ounce of performance there is and and more so than the car so i know uh lewis hamilton you know master of his craft a seven time world champion we know he's able to do that we have seen flashes of this of of max verstappen mm-hmm. uh, over the past couple of 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 years being able to just outperform the car so i think this championship is looking like that you know there's no clear front running car there's two mm-hmm. and depending on multiple variables like temperature like tires like wind. circuits uh and such wind as well yeah? yeah um will dictate how who who wins the grand prix on the sunday afternoon yeah so that's 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 exciting and something to look forward to
1: for sure uh and i think like Verstappen as well has that quality of hamilton of you know being able to push the car to go above its limit you can see it in their overtakes um they both just carry this confidence into every overtake max is a bit more instinctive i think and can just go for an overtake quick where lewis will kind of sit back and wait for a little bit and wait for the exact perfect moment and just force his way through with such confidence like it is it is really mesmerizing to see
0: yeah i think this season with with max it's it's all under control because he has more confidence in the car you know mm-hmm. his, his initial feedback was it's more predictable and when you know where the limits are, um, you you go within a millimetre of that limit uh, because if you go a millimetre over the limit, you're into the wall or rather you're outside of the track limits. Yes, exactly. Um, so it's about reining in. It's it's, it's true millimetres work of, of, of searching where the line is and sometimes going over it. So uh, the champion at the end of the season managed to pull out these performances and, and and repeated them um, more times, or at least one time more than his nearest competitor.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, so that's uh, the, the championship as a whole. Let's go back to Portimao. Let's mm-hmm. go back to the race. Um, we had uh, Lewis Hamilton from Verstappen from Bottas. Um, Bottas starting on pole. Uh, Saturday managed to get uh, to get ahead of all his competitors. So, start at P1. How did his race unravel after that, Christopher?
1: Um, he got off to a, an okay start, uh, as far as I remember. Um, his pace was decent, if not for Hamilton and Verstappen, I think. Uh, they could just kind of bully their way through. Uh, it seems that like Bottas is always a bit uh, off in the race pace. He does have his good qualifying moments, but I don't even think that this qualifying session... We saw his best or Hamilton's best or Verstappen's best. Um, So out of that, like it was again one of those races where Botter starts on pole. Something goes wrong in the race. He's not on the best strategy perhaps. And then he falls back and then he loses a bit momentum. Um, But still, he finished on the podium and Lewis won the race. He's leading the championship. So for Mercedes, it was like the second best result they could get. And they even got the fastest lap. So, you know, in that sense, they can't really complain. Uh, I mean... Ideally, Bottas would have been second instead of third. But, uh, you know, it's still a good well, result.
0: To me, you know, for the for the pundits, for the people at home analysing it, uh, we are race three in and we've sort of already discounted him as a championship contender. Exactly.
1: I was about to say, like, this championship is between Hamilton and Verstappen. There's no doubt, like, both Perez and Bottas are there to support them. And this year, it's more clear than ever. Like, there's been some years before going into a season that, Bottas has started out strong, you know, and perhaps this year could be the year where he does a Nico, you know, a Nico Rosberg. But uh, I think this year it's already, uh, you can just see it from the way they drive. And in testing as well, he didn't have the confidence in the car. I mean, Lewis didn't either, but he he still seemed to get on top of it quicker. And so I think that's going to be a deciding factor.
0: Yeah, uh, fourth in the championship after three races, of course, yeah. having, having a DNF in, yeah. in the previous race. But... Yeah, three races in, already being discounted uh, out of the championship. So number two driver, as you said before, in a supporting role. You mentioned Perez also Mm -hmm. being a supporting role. And I sort of want to analyze his race. Um, Mm -hmm. So his Portuguese Grand Prix, uh, or rather on paper, it looks like he did what he needed to do. So he came forth, he brought home the points. But I like to go deeper in that. I like to truly analyze it. and here is actually my critical note. So first off, like the as we mentioned before, it'll take him a couple of races in order to get up to speed to find the limits of the car. We're in race three and we can forgive him a couple of more races to truly truly get up to speed. But it's the speed that was concerning in this company for me. So, at the start, he was jumped by Signs. Signs starting on the softer tire, so he lost position then. Safety car came out, managed to get the place back of Signs, but then getting jumped by Lando Norris um, after the safety car restart. So, already, um, he was not in position to provide a truly supporting role for Max Verstappen against the Mercedeses. He wasn't directly behind. Um, He said that uh, Norris overtook outside the track. But, you know, upon review, that wasn't the case. Ultimately, Norris got ahead on merit. Like, Norris finishing the Grand Prix P5. But, Mm -hmm. yeah, again, an amazing performance from Lando Norris.
1: For sure. But I think going back to Perez, like, at the start when he got jumped by Sainz, I think that's what kind of cemented his race. I think if he had been able to keep that position, he would have been... um, yeah, it would have been a more safe fourth place, right? And, and he had some yep. clumsy incidents. Science as well had a, a clumsy strategy from Ferrari. Uh, they have admitted that. Um, so he could have been up there as well. I don't think in the race. I think Leclerc had, had the better race pace. But watching uh, Sciences on boards uh, during practice and in qualifying, the car looked so stable. I don't know how he set it up, but it looked like he could really push that car, uh, which was quite interesting. I don't know if his setup or driving style... Uh, or what it was but uh, yeah Um, but yeah like I said Perez he did kind of get off from the wrong footing this race he does sometimes have his clumsy moments but I think he is getting up to speed quicker than Bottas is and Bottas has been in the Mercedes team for longer and if this championship is close to the very end I think that Red Bull uh, might win the constructors championship simply because there will be more races where Bottas will have some incidents and he'll have his off races. And I think Perez will only get stronger as the season comes. I and mean, that's just just a prediction. uh. But yeah, that's what I think. Yeah.
0: So going back to his performance, he managed to get ahead of Norris again mm-hmm. um, after that. Uh, so being fourth on the road uh, behind uh, Verstappen right after the safety car restarts. So once he got his position back, Then we could just see him dropping and dropping back to, you know, eight seconds, nine seconds, 10 seconds, not being able to keep up the pace of the top three, which, you know, fair enough. Uh, We knew he was going to go long. So we saw that amazing tire preservation skill that Perez has Uh, this the first time that Red Bull truly got to test it out Mm -hmm. um, in front. But then here's where my, my critical note comes into. So towards the end of the race, so he um, he went long on his medium tires, uh, pitted on lap fifty-two for soft tires, and on lap fifty-two there's only fifteen laps to go until the end of the Grand Prix. Uh, by that time, he came out of the pits. He was twenty-five seconds behind Bottas in third. Um, going to go to the fastest lap having 15 laps and we know the soft tire uh, their degradation is quite high mm-hmm. but Petas being Pedas should be able to manage that well eke out performance um, so after he set his fastest lap he was about 22 23 seconds behind Bottas but Bottas kept increasing the gap and kept increasing the gap that he was able to make a pit stop from third position, and still come out ahead of Sergio Perez. Where, in my view, that shouldn't be happening with the number two driver of of Red Bull. You know, it's like, he should be in that, you know, closely behind that Bottas could not make a pit stop. Exactly. Losing third position. So he gave a shouldn't free point. Exactly. He gave a
1: free point away, right, and because of that.
0: Exactly. So, he was on the soft tyres with 15 laps to go. I would expect him to have the speed to keep in a, a pit stop window which you know on this track is about 28 to 29 seconds he came he was about 22 23 seconds behind bottas with soft tires towards the end of the race i think that you know you should expect the speed to stay yeah, within that but, but and not play. let it drop back to 29 seconds where bottas had a free pit stop from third position uh and mercedes was able to ultimately snatch that fastest lap uh, away yeah. from max where but to play devil's
1: pants. advocate there also comes a point in the race where red bull will look at perez and say look there's not much he can do to support max like he had a bad first half of the race so let not let's not just risk it like the the components and stuff it's going to be a tight constructors championship they might just play it a bit safe so that also makes sense in that end like at, that he yeah, just but, keeps
0: but you know, what i you know at this point of time if i was red bull and you'd have you know you have perez in fourth position um, knowing that Mercedes wants to pit Bottas for new tires, so there is a third, you know, a podium
1: mm-hmm.
0: spot for Perez on the line if no, he but keeps within but that Bottas window. wouldn't
1: have pitted if uh, he would risk his third place. I don't think at exactly. all. Exactly. So
0: if Perez was it with was within that, mm-hmm. you know, at least twenty five seconds, Bottas couldn't have pitted. They, yes. Mercedes wouldn't have risked it. Uh, and the second driver of Red Bull needs to be able to be in that window that. Yeah. That uh, Mercedes can't be can't play strategy games, and yeah, this was an example of exactly what um, Red Bull needs to do or what Red Bull needs to have from a second driver. Yeah, that Mercedes can't get away with all these strategy calls that favor themselves to the detriment of Max Verstappen, where yeah. it's still a two against one. Scenario and situation. And I
1: don't think that uh, Mercedes will get away with it for for long. Um, I think Paris will get up to speed.
0: Cool. Mm-hmm. So, um, looking at second drivers, we had uh, we talked about Bottas. Mm-hmm. We talked about Sergio Perez. Um, we mentioned Lando Norris. So Daniel Ricardo, the second Daniel driver Ricardo at McLaren, the second driver yeah. at, McLaren
1: at McLaren at the moment. At the moment, it looks like that and before the race, he said that Zach had told him to just relax, it's just the second race or third race or whatever it is. And then uh, qualifying came along and I mean, he looked okay until qualifying and I don't know what happened, but out in Q1, that was a a bit of a shocker. But during the race, uh, we saw him get up to speed. Um, So I think he, he improved a lot during this race compared to the other weekends we've seen perhaps uh, possibly because he had not much to lose. Um, but yeah, I, I mentioned last podcast as well. He, he needs to start to to get up to speed quicker because Norris, who is very young and you know he's, it's only his third season in Formula One is like performing so well. Um, but Ricardo is known to be a, a driver that really leans on the brakes and that seems to be his issue. Once he gets used to that, then that's when he can maximize the performance out of the car. at the moment the McLaren doesn't look like a car that's really good on the brakes it is still better than the the Renault he said that Um, but uh, yeah let's see Um, this race was a bit yeah we saw his good qualities and we saw that he still needs to learn some things Um, but yeah let's give it a couple of more races to really judge his performance for now it's it's I don't think it's good enough McLaren should solidly be up there um, possibly challenging for podiums if both Norris and Ricardo um, get up to speed.
0: I don't think anyone, including McLaren themselves, would have uh, expected Ricardo to take a bit longer than usual to to get up to speed. Yeah. Um, every new driver that comes into a new team has to, you know, get used to it. So we we talked about Perez and other drivers before, but he didn't with have
1: that issue at Renault. He didn't no, have that issue at yeah. Red Bull. When he joined Red Bull, from the first race, he was he beating. He beat a Fedor. four-time world champion. Yeah,
0: exactly. Uh, so, yeah, we expected him to jump in and, uh, being a race winner, make it his team, be the team leader. Mm-hmm. But we see this sort of shy, quirky, twelve-year-old-looking uh, guy. As as one of our listeners always uh, comments, whatever they see him on on screen, um, this young guy taking taking the opportunity by the balls and mm-hmm. and yeah fucking delivering yeah. he's third in the championship uh just amazing yeah truly that excitement yeah. that uh that he's able to bring and his 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 overtake on uh, i believe it was perez on the outside he's just like yeah i saw carlos signs do that last year i knew it was possible i just went ahead and did it
1: yeah um and yeah, him and that's... Ocon as well battling in the early part of the race, and you could see him getting overtaken by Ocon initially, and then he just, you know, overtakes him on the outside with such confidence. Uh, it looked easy, but it was very calculated, and it was it was a confident move, and that's something you know uh, I hadn't expected to see from Norris this year. It's like, it's like his race last year in Austria, uh, where he finished third. We've mm-hmm. just seen three races like that in a row from him, um, yeah. so he has the momentum, and uh, yeah, he, he should keep going with that.
0: Yeah, speaking of overtaking, which I didn't expect seeing, this race came from two-time world champion Fernando Alonso mm-hmm. towards the uh, towards the end of the race. So he was his feisty this race as well. Yeah, his qualifying wasn't great. Uh, he was angry himself at at his uh, qualifying. And the start of the race wasn't eventful either. Mm-mm. But once he made his pit stop and got on the hard tire, he was on fire. So his, his actual pace was matching the leaders on front uh, out in front. And uh, he first came into picture when he overtook uh, Daniel Ricciardo. So arguably, the McLaren is the better car of the Alpine, as Norris is showing. But yeah, like you mentioned, the Renault engine uh, having that... that uh, straight line speed on the on the straight just blowing past the mclaren and uh, managed to get out of, of uh carlos Sainz as well whose tires were fading ultimately ended up uh, behind his teammate in uh, in eighth position
1: mm-hmm. but
0: considering where he was qualifying from but also the sheer you know tenacity and and uh yeah intensity he's able to bring to the racing like we saw it back like lap yeah. after lap he was on it which was fantastic to see
1: i think he's reignited that that he un- he remembers oh yeah i need to be really really pissed off in order to drive fast because that is what alonso was doing always you know even though he was finishing fifth sometimes at ferrari you could just sense that pure emotion while he's racing and uh, that's good to see that that's back because i didn't expect maybe to see that uh, you know been off for a while he's matured but no he still seems to have it so that's interesting and alpine has now have had a weekend uh that is like double points finish um again last race
0: as well because Kimi Raikkonen got a penalty yeah second penalty penalty. which dropped him out of the point so technically alonso scored his first point in imola Mm -hmm. um by the stewards but this this race double points finish on merit
1: yeah and where was alpha tauri this weekend like again it's um yeah it's not looking too good for them i f- i feel like they, they there's something there that's missing um i don't know what it is but um they have a good driver in gasly and they need they have a, a really promising rookie in Tsunoda. Uh, but they were perhaps
0: perhaps the car is just a bit too temperamental and unpredictable like the red bull was last year yeah possibly so- you know, when the conditions are right, the car is on. But yeah. when there are certain factors, like wind or low grip, that the drivers aren't able to push the yeah. the, the maximum of the car. Bro. Yeah,
1: it, it um, feels like that. Um, but then again, yeah, the so, car also looked good in testing. Like, it did look like they could, you know, confidently drive it. So, yeah, let's see. Now we're going to go to a track that everyone knows really well. Spain, they, mm-hmm. they test there a lot. Um, so let's see uh, how they fare there. Possibly yeah. it could be better for Pierre
0: them. Gasly, Pierre, uh, Pierre Gasly finishing 10th. Mm-hmm. So that means our, our crystal ball is uh, a bit broken uh, mm-hmm. last podcast. Maybe a bit of a crack in it. So yeah. maybe he just needs a polish that uh, by next race and next Possibly, podcast, yeah. we're back on fire again.
1: Yeah. And just to quickly mention, signs finishing outside the point as well was a bit shocking but he had that bad strategy uh possibly it's Martin, a very it's a
0: very ferrari strategy it is uh, it's it is. sort of a welcome to ferrari carlos yeah. uh, here's what you could
1: expect exactly it's like this is the strategy we're gonna go for they decided that two weeks ago they're not gonna budge <laughs> even though they see <laughs> yeah. everyone else doing something different the conditions have changed you know it's raining oh okay let's just stick it on the slicks because that's what we decided to do like that's kind of yeah it's a shame because uh, i think science had more more uh more in him this race but yeah, both Aston Martins as well outside the points. Um...
0: Yeah, but uh, to me, what was most interesting to see about that is Vettel managing to finish ahead of Landstrow on mm-hmm. older tires. Yeah. So Landstrow uh, being given the the go ahead to overtake his um, or given the place mm-hmm. by the team, um, but not being able to make headway on new tires. So Vettel also having having some some battles up mm-hmm. and down the field. Yeah. So um they.
1: he looks better than he's ever done uh, qualifying
0: of course making Q3 whereas mm-hmm. Lance Stroll, um went out in Q1 so a better weekend from Vettel uh, over his teammate and also finishing ahead of his uh of his teammate in in 13th yeah uh, outside of the points but getting getting there you know I, yeah. I would say progress especially from from last race and and last qualifying uh sessions. Yeah,
1: for sure. Um not not that I expect much of them this year, to be honest, but but still, yeah, uh seeing Fedel uh improving was, was a big positive. And uh yeah, I know you wanted to talk a bit about Mick Schumacher as well.
0: Yeah, because that to me was the overtake of the race. You know, we were fortunate enough to see the the lead change because of overtaking on track uh between Bottas, Hamilton and Verstappen. Mm-hmm. But To me, the most impressive overtake of the entire weekend was Mick Schumacher and Nicholas Latifi. Mm -hmm. So throughout practice, Mick Schumacher was solidly ahead of his teammate Nikita Mazepin. I mean, he's been the whole year. Yeah. And race three, uh, we mentioned before in previous podcasts where Mick enters a championship, takes the first year to learn and the second year is on it i think race three things started to click and he was able to find performance not only so qualifying six tenths ahead of his teammates but during the race being able to you know have tremendous pace managing to follow the the williams which arguably is a much better car, car than the haas
1: yeah
0: and being close enough to latifi to force him into a mistake to force him into error, to then get the place and finish ahead of Latifi. So Mick Schumacher finishing 17th ahead of Nicholas Latifi and Nikita Mazepin. Talent wins over money. I'm very happy. But um, more importantly, Mick Schumacher finishing over a minute ahead of his teammate. Yeah. And his teammate, yes, had a five second uh, time penalty, (laughs) but still five seconds in a minute. is just like, yeah. Yeah, So this was pure performance and pace and it was a stellar drive from him
1: i know that mazapin had some issues as well so it's not completely fair to look at it like that but more than anything i think mazapin had an average race this race but mick just had a really really good race a really mature drive like you would have thought that he's been in f1 for longer um that was really interesting to see um yeah i he keeps um impressing me like uh, he keeps surprising me in the most positive ways Like his personality, the way he approaches things, um, the way he drives, so uh, yeah,
0: and and that was great to see as well, where he was behind Latifi for a couple of laps. Yeah, and I was already impressed because we know that the Haas car is the worst car of the field. Yes, the Williams car, the Williams car, they managed to make Q two last Mm -hmm. race. George Russell missing Q three by the uh, slimmest of margin. This qualifying session yeah. so it is a good car you know they have one of the best engines in the back um of course it's um they've targeted several races this uh williams i'm talking about targeted several races to get points so it's not a, a great all-round car throughout the whole season but it has some performance given the right it conditions does. um and we saw mick schumacher behind latifi for a couple of laps but in my mind, so being very impressed, but in my mind, knowing that eventually he's going to get through, you know? Yeah. Lap after lap. It seemed like that. Being completely. behind it. Being mm-hmm. behind Latifi. So sometimes we see cars following another car. They're able to do that for maybe three, four laps, and then the performance drop. Either they've yeah. ruined their tires or they simply cannot get by because of the, the limitations of the car.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: So, But he managed to pressure um, Latifi into a mistake got by, and then managed to get out maybe two, three seconds ahead of Latifi in clean air. Yeah. So that was genuine performance. It uh, was. And very impressive.
1: Also a strange race for the Williams, because at one point Latifi was ahead of Russell, and I don't know what really happened there, but uh, yeah, it, it was a bit strange for them. They, they kind of dropped the ball, like had good qualifying, but then in the race, you kind of see the, there's something not right with the car in general, but also with how they went about the race, but yeah, it is what it is. And Mick was there to capitalize on it. So, yeah, really good job to him.
0: Yeah. So that sums up Portugal on to Barcelona next. And this is sort of another race where, well, all the drivers and all the teams know the circuit from the back of their hand. They can do it with their eyes closed. So this is the number one testing location that Formula One has used uh, year after year after year. All the drivers and all junior formulas come here. So from Formula Open, Formula Opel, F3, F2, Formula One, every driver knows the circuit inside out. Yeah. Uh, we have a lot of historical data available. So teams can know what to expect from their mm-hmm. simulators and such. Um, so it's um yeah sort of a procession race, perhaps, yeah. depending on the temperature, the tires uh to see who will finish ahead but personally not expecting much no. for the race
1: it's a shame because it's a track that really tests the car's uh, abilities the down you know the long sustained corners etc a quick direction changes uh but that's also why it's a test track because it does test the cars on all mm-hmm. these parameters and that's why they want to test there which means everyone has more data on it which means that the race might be a bit more boring because everyone can get a lot out of the cars uh, which is a shame. I think we should move testing to a different location, possibly, uh, to a track that is not raced on. See yeah. how that would be. Um, and then maybe, yeah, because it it is a cool track. I really think it, it's a cool track. It's satisfying to drive.
0: Yeah, from memory, Barcelona is also a special place in my heart yeah. with uh, Max Verstappen's first victory. So both Mercedes is crashing into each other. Uh, but that was not race done. So he had uh, Kimi Raikkonen in a Ferrari, mm-hmm. following close behind, and it was the first time that anyone, and also including myself, heard the Dutch national anthem played at a Formula One race. Yeah, rather that, was a, that was a that was a crazy
1: race. race, and that is what put Max in the spotlight. You know, people were still thinking that he was overrated uh, before he got the Red Bull seat, which is yeah, I don't know. He he really had some amazing drives, and yeah. That was a very well-deserved win. He was there to pick up the pieces when the Mercedes failed, like he does now, basically. Uh, sure. But yeah, but then again, the races is probably going to be a bit boring. Uh, but let's hope, I mean, it could rain. And if it rains in uh, Barcelona, that usually brings some really interesting performances. That's Schumacher true. Also, 96, for instance. the
0: crowd as well during Alonso Mania times. Yeah. Uh, it was fantastic to yeah. just see, uh, you know, after... Uh, the straights so of turn three the long right-hander where it was just filled with people yeah there exactly. was not a single the flag space of, uh, of astoria oviedo and all that yeah, yeah. It, so, it,
1: it's crazy but yeah i yeah, forgot to th- th- there's gonna be a change on the track this year yes turn the, 10
0: turn yeah. 10 absolutely Um, so they're
1: going kind of back between what it used to be so for people that don't know uh, it used to be a long well it was a tight but kind of longer corner and not as sharp as the weird kind of semi 90 degree hairpin that we have now and so now they're going to go in between that Uh, i'll be interested to see i think they should stretch the straight out a bit longer Made it a really tight hairpin, and then made it a couple of blown sections I think they should just after? get rid
0: of the the chicane yeah, before yeah, the yeah. just completely get rid of it. But George, Russell a they can't... it. Hmm? George Russell was actually talking about it. George Russell was actually talking about it, saying if we go back to the old loop, yeah. um, especially with you know modern day cars and and DRS, that it would start there, mm-hmm. it would give more overtaking opportunities on the on the main straight. But uh, yeah, ever I I understand they put it in. Because of safety reasons, we had a fatality in MotoGP exactly, uh, yeah. at the track. But um, like, look, look at Zandvoort returning to this uh, the, this calendar. How they changed uh, the last uh, corner, so also uh, a long right hander, mm-hmm. put in some banking. Yeah. So if the FIA is confident that that is safe enough, why can't we apply the same to? Barcelona. Yeah, I mean you know, we don't FIA even have the has, banking.
1: Yeah, I mean we've started to go to more risky and risky races like Baku's last sector. I keep talking about that, but you know <laughs> that seems like a strange thing to have on other When then you compare it to Barcelona where now, they
0: compared have compared to the you know, we've yet to go there, but the Saudi Arabian Exactly, race, exactly. You know, which where, is, where you're like,
1: Why why risk so much? There's no runoff, it's gonna be it's gonna be chaotic. When Baku is chaotic, it is very chaotic. And then you have other tracks where they've gone like super safe. Um, so, yeah, I think they could have done more with that last sector in Spain. I, I um,
0: despise, I despise that slow Yeah, sort me of, too. It ruins
1: everything. It ruins, yeah, everything. Yeah. It yeah, ruins it everything. It really does, the the rhythm of the track. Uh, because they, they put it in, firstly
0: for safety, and they say, okay, it gives an opportunity for the car behind to better, be in a better position, to no. be behind the car in front over over the straight. But what we see is that because of the, you know, the the high curbs and stuff, you need to have the perfect line, which in racing conditions with high fuel loads with degraded tires, they can't follow. I mean, the you car you, you have to put that in more difference.
1: steering angle going into the last corner, coming out of those corner, if you're following someone, which is gonna you know degrade your tires even more. Even though it's an easy flat corner, uh, it's yeah, it's not ideal. Maybe what they could have done um, is like the corner before that, the old corner, the old second to last corner. Mm-hmm. Uh, they could have maybe shortened that a little bit. Uh, not made a chicane, but like a bit of a squiggly bit. I'll draw it to you one day, right? It's hard to explain.
0: <laughs> but I
1: think there's a missed opportunity. But it is because of safety. They couldn't really, you know, make it safe. But the solution they have now just seems like a little plaster to something that maybe was just temporary. But, you know, they haven't gone back and really looked at it. It's a bit like in, uh, in Mexico as well, the last sector as well there. Because the old uh, penaltada corner, of course that was way too dangerous.
0: Yeah, but it in Mexico it makes sense because the straight is just so ridiculously long. Yes. Yeah, I agree. So I agree. I agree. sort of Even though bounce, I don't like that, that they
1: bounce. could they could change it because it now it's it's more there for the fans in the stadium section, I yeah, think. Yeah, which yeah, is an amazing yeah, section. For I love sure. when and we go is, to Mexico one of for the that. best places, absolutely. Yeah. But but still, it's it doesn't really showcase the cars because they slow down so much they just look clumsy and a bit, you know, yeah, they yeah, bulky big cars just trying to go around a lot of slow corners and you don't really get the spectacle of f1 through that
0: yeah but uh yeah looking forward to the race let's hope that our crystal ball is still cloudy and and yeah but who do you think
1: okay i'm not going to ask you who do you think is going to win but i'm going to ask you which car do you think um is better set up for barcelona
0: well we're in may right now and the weather conditions for barcelona is uh quite a big factor mm-hmm. because we tend to go in a normal season to Barcelona in beginning April yeah. half April where it's it can still be a bit chilly mm-hmm. um, May you know a proper spring day in Barcelona the weather can be fantastic yeah so with hotter conditions it plays or rather it is detrimental to um, Mercedes mm-hmm. you know historically for over the past couple of years they've tr- they struggled in in hotter conditions. Which allowed Red Bull to to pip them uh, yeah. to you know wins or just sure performance. So if we have those conditions, uh, I think Red Bull could be stronger. Uh, if it's rainy, then it's anyone's game, which hopefully uh, uh, do we have to start dancing because they'll be, yeah, that'll be interesting. If, yeah if if it's just the same weather temperature sort of a mild, not towards the hot range, but mild temperature. Uh, conditions it will be a sort of a, a bit of a procession yeah um, so because of that you know I question why didn't they trial the sprint race at a track like Barcelona yeah which everyone knows inside out which could add more entertainment value
1: good point I mean if they had to try it do it at the race where we usually don't have the most exciting race but just to talk about what car I think is best for this track I've been thinking about this for the last couple of days because there's a lot of corners here that will really suit the Red Bull. But I think if Mercedes get stability in order in the car, which they seem to have done, then the long wheelbase uh, will really help them. And I actually think that Mercedes will uh, will have a better car for this race.
0: I'm just sorry. I'm just looking at uh, the, the weather prediction yeah. app on my phone. Yeah. So we have the Saturday sunny at 22 degrees, but on Sunday we have... At the moment of uh, this podcast, a fifty percent chance of rain. Ooh, while still having twenty. Uh, but air there's
1: always a fifty percent chance of rain.
0: I mean, fifty-fifty is everything. Exactly. Yes or no? Yeah. yeah. But I mean, this kid This is dynamic. Weather is dynamic as well. But it is looking towards the at least twenty. So higher temperatures. Mm-hmm. Track temp is of course higher than than air temp. Um, yeah. Usually. So, yeah, we'll see. And once that happened, uh, well, we shall return uh, as yep. always.
1: Mm-hmm. Christopher, let's wrap this up. I think we had a bit of a, a slow race compared to what we got used to in the beginning of this season. and uh, we're going to go into another race that's going gonna to be a bit like that, but but let's see. Anything can happen. This is Formula 1. Uh, so yeah, there might be some little things we can go into detail in the next episode if the race is not as interesting. Um, so let's prepare something for that.
0: Fantastic. So, right now, Christopher is going to give you our social media, which is
1: at four mules and one jackass Instagram and our Twitter at four mules and one jackass
0: fantastico he 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 nailed it Oof. so be sure to uh give us a shout on there. uh, we actually had a question, but we'll save that. oh to next podcast mm-hmm. but you know if someone in the meantime comes up with a better question to mm-hmm. ask we'll do that one so or we sure could do two someone.
1: questions ryan i don't know maybe it's crazy but
0: too much excitement is not good for the hearts christopher i mean
1: but we watch formula one
0: yeah but we're going to barcelona
1: ah that's true
0: <laughs> <Anyways>. <laughs> so as always uh thank you so much for listening we shall return after the race and as always
1: Keep washing those hands. Hi ha, said it those you hands. <laughs> Thank you Bye. guys. Bye.